Well, pull up a chair, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and join us for another edition of Ask Pastor Mike. Today on Focal Point, Pastor Mike Fabares sits down for a heart-to-heart chat about New Year goals and priorities. Welcome to Focal Point. I'm your host, Dave Drewey. You know, at the end of every week, we set aside our regular programming and open the airwaves to you. You can ask Pastor Mike your questions all year long by contacting us through focalpointradio.org. But today, in this very first week of a brand new year, we're starting off with a great question about how we should prioritize our time. Let's join Executive Director Jay Wharton and Pastor Mike Fabares inside the Pastor's Study. Jay? Well, thank you, Dave. Pastor Mike, it is the beginning of the new year. We're about a week in, and many people will make New Year's resolutions. Some may have already broken the ones they've made at the beginning of the year. But I have a very pertinent question on this. A listener asks, are New Year's resolutions wrong? Well, no, of course, they're not wrong. To tie it to a date on a calendar, resolutions, vows, promises, pledges, commitments, they play such an important role in the Bible from beginning to end. We don't see that they have to be tied to any date on the calendar. As a matter of fact, I'm in favor of more resolutions to do what is right, to be committed to do what is right. And that's certainly something that should be happening, I think, every time we pick up our Bible. I mean, the Bible is something that affirms truth, it proclaims the gospel, and it calls us to a response. Truth demands a response, and the response that we have ought to be like what we see in the Bible, that we make commitments, we make promises and pledges, and we resolve to do what God has told us to do. So for us as Christians, what would be some good and godly biblical New Year's resolutions, quote unquote, that we could make for ourselves this year? Well, I do hope that as Christians, our resolutions look a lot different than the world's resolutions that are just about, you know, looking better, you know, being more fit or doing things that give advantage to myself. What I want to do is be trained, as Paul speaks of, to be the kind of disciplined Christian that makes his life a sacrifice to God and in service to other people to be more effective. So that's our concern. I want to commit myself to do some of the things that are going to make me spiritually healthy. And of course, I can't do that without being committed to assembling together and not forsaking that. Certainly, church needs to be a part of my commitments. I I can't do that without being devoted to prayer. So I need to have commitments and resolves in regard to my prayer life. I can't do it without ingesting the Word. I got to keep moving forward in that from milk to meat, as Hebrews 5 says. So I need to make commitments about increasing my time and the challenge of my Bible study. I mean, these are basics, and I know they're old school to say it that way, Bible, prayer, fellowship, but those are the things that Christians neglect, and when they do it, they neglect it to their own harm. What would you say to the person that says, well, Pastor Mike, I'm already doing all those things? Yeah, well, as Paul would say to the Thessalonians, well, then you need to excel more and more. We should never be lax uh, or content about our spiritual progress. God wants us to continue to move forward. If you're sharing your faith, great. Share your faith. Maybe you need to uh, make some resolves about your learning of apologetics to be better at defending your faith. Maybe in your prayer life, you're good at praying for your family and your kids and your small group. Maybe you need to be praying more for the missionaries in your church and your pastors and your team uh, that leads in your church. I mean, there's so many things that we can do to advance the spiritual disciplines in our lives that may be a part of our lives, but we can certainly make some commitments to move forward in those. 
Certainly discipleship is another place that we can get involved with if we've already uh, taken care of some of these other personal things, discipling others in a greater way. Of course, yeah. We want to be useful to the kingdom, and that means we're going to have to be purposeful in our relationships to see what we can do to edify the church, to build up the church, to be a, a you know someone who spurs other people on to love and good deeds. So spiritually healthy, of course, is important. Uh, fellowship for ourselves, Bible study, prayer, but then being committed to employ the gifts and the grace that God has instilled in our lives to be helpful and beneficial to other people. It's totally important, critical. Maybe you could talk about some of the tools we have available on the Focal Point website regarding daily Bible reading and partners for discipleship. Yeah, I mean, there you would find on our website not only our daily Bible reading schedule, which I think every Christian should be involved in, we talked about that last week, but we certainly uh, need to be expending ourselves for the good of other people, and the best way to do that is on a one-on-one basis when it comes to personal discipleship, we call it. So that is all there available in the program we call Partners. If you need a guide to help discuss the basics of the Christian life with someone else, you can adapt it to any level of spiritual maturity. That'd be a great place to go. I'd like to direct people to the Compass Night lectures. All those are free, they're downloadable, but there's something to challenge our faith more than the kinds of sermons we get on the weekend. That's a series of messages, uh, usually 13, 12 to 13 weeks of material on systematic theology, and that might push our listeners a little further. So there's a lot there on the website. Of course, all the sermons are available on any topic that they might be dealing with, but uh, go to the website there. Certainly, you're going to find some resources that will help you. Yeah, and all those Compass Night sermons that are almost like a a theology course are under Focal Point U on the Focal Point website there. Well, thank you, Pastor Mike. We're going to hear a little bit more about New Year's resolutions and turning that corner into a new year with a message you did called Passing Go with a Renewed and Godly Determination. My wife and I can, uh, Carlin can attest that we've we've done our share of, you know, game playing with this categories we like that one in gestures we played that and of course my favorite Pictionary remember that it's not as popular anymore but that was great but there's one game that I tell you I have started countless times uh, not only in my family but in my parents family and I honestly cannot tell you one time that I finished the game and you know I, in retrospect the most enjoyable part of the game is trying to pick the race car so you don't get stuck with the thimble or the wheelbarrow. You just might as well quit right out of the gate. Now, I don't know what it is about Monopoly. Just uh, Maybe it's because it takes like so long to feel like you're making any progress in the game, right? I also don't like the community chest cards because they're supposed to be good. Everybody picks them and everybody's happy with theirs. I pick mine and and I always get the, uh, you are assessed with street repairs. (laughs) Just when I'm making, you know, getting some hotels on the board, now I, you know, I lose all my money on street repairs. And of course I end up going to jail several times. And then sometimes I, I just, about an hour into it, I have to wonder why we're not making a puzzle instead or, uh, emptying the dishwasher or cleaning out the garage, something else. But I just, uh, I struggle with Monopoly. And I realized last time I was asked to play that uh, Monopoly in many ways reminds me of uh, our experience as Christians in the Christian life. Because you never quite know uh, what the next lap might bring. You know what I mean? The next trek around the board, uh, you know, could be a good trek around the board. It could uh, could be a bad trek. No telling where you'll end up. And worst of all, 
I mean, we must admit, some of us in the Christian life, we start to wonder why we're on this track anyway. You know, what's, what's the point? I mean, you look across the way, like the psalmist says, and across the street, there's the person who doesn't give a rip about God and has nothing to do with Christ, and it seems like everything's just fine over there, you know. But here we are trying to do what's right, and man, it's a struggle. Every time uh, we approach the new year, I always think that, uh, I know it's just a flip of the page on the calendar, a new calendar, but I mean, it, it is a time for us to reflect on why we're on this trek. And I always think it's a good time for us to reassess what this is all about. Because we shouldn't uh, start this new year as Christians without uh, revisiting the whole point of this. And, and as I was thinking about the need for that, I, my mind immediately went to Philippians chapter 3. Because in this autobiographical section of Philippians, Paul gives me something that every time I study this text, it, it rekindles and refocuses my heart on why I'm a Christian and why I'm doing this and why my life may be a little different than the next guy's. But this is, this is good and it's worth it and I ought to be determined to keep playing, if you know what I mean. It, it's, it, I gotta, gotta stay at it. Philippians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul gives us a lot of insight into his own determination. As he says in verse number 12, he says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. I haven't arrived. I'm not where I need to be, you know, in the final state of of what Christ would have me be. But, he says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I mean, there's some determination. Brothers, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what's ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Wow, that's powerful. I mean, if every time we pass January 1, we can say that's a good way to start the year, uh, I think we'd, we'd do well. I mean, that, that's an attitude I'd, I'd like to see. Just gripping my heart and saying, hey, you know what? I haven't arrived. I'm not where I need to be, but I'm pressing on. I'm moving forward. I'm going to, I love it, verse 12, take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Number one on your outlines, as you start the new year, you need to know why you're here. You need to know why you're here. And if you're not a Christian, I can't help you with it. But if you are a follower of Christ, I can say this. The same calling I have that you have is this, that we would know Christ better, that we would be relationally close to him. As a matter of fact, Jesus said this in, in John 17, 3. Do you remember this? When he was praying and he, said, he just summed up the whole concept of life. He says, this is eternal life, that they may, and he's praying for the disciples there, that they may know you, speaking to his Father, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. I mean, it's all about knowing the triune God. That's the one calling that we should all say, the number one priority for my life is that I've got to deepen my relationship with Christ. I mean, that's the bottom line calling for all of us. And whether you're the Apostle Paul writing the book of Philippians or whether or not you're you're doing whatever you're doing during your week that seems to be so far removed from Scripture and God, you know what the bottom line is? Your goal is to know Christ better this year. I mean, that's the bottom line goal. Beyond that, the Apostle Paul knew a little bit more about his calling. And I'll tell you what, it would be good for us to know more about our own calling. And we've preached on that before. And if you know it, you're blessed and you should follow it and you should go hard after it. But before you even worry about that, you got to say, my, my bottom line goal is to know Christ. I remember as a kid, and, and I don't want to sound too pious here because I memorized it all because my dad bribed us with money. But uh, <laughs> we, 
He, he, he said every time you learn one uh, question and answer from the, you know, the Protestant uh, catechism, uh, you, you, you know, he gave us a dollar or something or a, you know, back in that, I don't know, 50 cent piece or something. And, and I never forget just memor- when I needed money, I would memorize another, uh, another uh, catechism so I could uh, recite it to my dad and make a few bucks. And uh, I never forget the first one because we reviewed it you know, thousands of times. And maybe you grew up learning it too. The first question, remember that? What is the chief end of man? Remember that? Chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I mean, if there's a centering concept, I mean, it's right there. We are called to glorify God. How do we glorify God? Well, it's to know him to enjoy him, to have an intimate relationship with him. And if, if, the, if life seems weird or confusing or, 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 or painful, let's get back to the main goal. It doesn't matter if you're a welder, an accountant. It doesn't matter if you're raising kids and pulling your hair out because your life is... Get back to this main purpose in life. God created you so that you could know him. And he wants you to know the only avenue through which you'll ever know the Father. And that's his son, Jesus Christ. That's what, that's what life's all about. Did Paul know more than that? Yeah, and if you know more than that, it's great. As a matter of fact, a passage to study sometimes over there in the book of Acts. You can start with chapter 9 when he gets converted to Christ. But I love the retelling of the story as he gives his testimony to King Agrippa. Do you remember that passage? He's on trial. He's out there just doing what he's supposed to do. And let's turn there. Let's go to Acts chapter 26. Here's a great testimony of Paul's conversion. And I love the way he was honed in on more than just, I'm here to know Christ. He also knew what his role was in the world. And I'm telling you what, if you haven't settled that, it would be good to do. Not just we're here to know Christ. That's important and foundational, and don't forget that as we start the new year. But what is your specific role in this world? Should you be in the office that you now work in? Should you be living in this part of the country? I mean, our goal is to come to Christ and say, we're here to do your bidding because you are the king. That's it. He deserves that place in our life. The Apostle Paul learned that just in his conversion to Christ. Paul's a bad guy. He's out there persecuting the true way, the only way to God. And he says this in verse 12, Acts 26, 12. On one of these journeys, I was on my way to Damascus with authority from the commission of the chief priests. And about noon, O king, he's speaking now to King Agrippa, who really held his life in his hands, at least humanly speaking. He says, King, I was on the road and I saw a bright light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It's hard for you to kick against the goads. I know we don't use goads anymore. I hope you don't. Uh, goads, these little poker sticks to get the animals to go the right direction. And you're kicking against me, God says. Christ says to, to Paul, future Paul. Of course, his name is then Saul. And Saul asks, he says, who are you, sir? Curious, Lord, sir. And he says, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you've seen of me and what I will show you. And I'm going to rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, that's what I've been doing. I wasn't disobedient to the vision from heaven. Now, I'm assuming you're, you're calling to whatever corner of the world you're involved in, whatever little office or whatever neighborhood you're in. Isn't, it probably wasn't as dramatic as this, but it's as important because God has you where he's got you for a particular reason. And maybe some of you are kicking against that. and You've been fighting God and God's trying to get you to get somewhere and you're not there. Time for us this year to say, you know what? It's all about letting the king be the king and I am not going to prove disobedient to his calling in my life. 
Maybe he needs to make an adjustment. Maybe you shouldn't be living where you're living. Maybe you shouldn't be working where you're working. I don't know. God needs to make a change. Maybe he does. You need to be open to that. You say, God, you're the king. You're the Lord. You're in charge. I don't want to prove disobedient to the calling that I have. God's got a place for you. And I love the way Paul puts it here. He says, uh, you know, that God puts it. He says, you're going to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. And if you think, well, that's just because he's an apostle and a missionary. Remember, Jesus said that about every Christian, didn't he? He said, you're the salt of the world, the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Get out there and make a difference. I mean, you're supposed to illuminate whatever corner that you're in. And if you feel this from God, like you're not in the right place, be open to God. Say to him this year, all that really matters is living for you. That's the bottom line. You want to move my career? You want to move my job? want to move my life? want to change something? I'm open to that. It's called the Lordship of Christ. I mean, that's what we're all supposed to be. That's how we start this thing. Christ, you're in charge. Know why you're here. And if that's just too cloudy, too distant, too uh, ambiguous, then just at least get back to this. Can we know Christ better this year? That's the goal. I mean, let's make sure we know him. And then once we know him, it'd be good for us to know why he has us here. And we'll keep moving forward. He knows what he's doing here on earth. Philippians 3. Verse 12, he says, I haven't obtained it. Haven't been made perfect, but I'm pressing on, taking hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Now, verse 13, he says, brothers, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Sound familiar? But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize, etc., etc. There's only one thing added to the second restatement here. One, one little phrase. What is it? Forgetting what lies behind. Paul's careful and quick to throw that in. I just want to make it clear, I'm going to forget what lies behind. Doesn't matter about the last lap around the Christian board. I'm going to start this lap fresh slate. Forget what's behind. I'm not really concerning myself with the past. I'm not worrying about yesterday. Number two on your outline, that'd be a good way to put it. You and I, as we start this new year, don't worry about yesterday. The last lap doesn't matter. And Christ was constantly trying to get this point across to us. And if we just think about it a little bit, wow, wait a minute, I'm worrying about yesterday, I guess we have to admit we do it, but it really doesn't make any sense because you can't change your past. I think we can all agree with that. Even the staunchest atheist can believe, I hope, that you can't change the past, right? Your last lap is in the books. It's done. You can't change it. There's not a thing you can do about it. And you want to fret about it. You want to worry about it. You want to feel bad about it. It's not going to help you. So the Apostle Paul has some great New Year's advice for you. Forget about the last one, okay? Because it really doesn't matter. But you know what? Can we start new today? Can you forget what lies behind? Can we move forward? Can you press on to do what? To know Christ intimately and be used by him greatly? Here's your job. Forget the past, would you? You can't change it. Let it go. As a matter of fact, if it's guilt that you're struggling with, here's the thing. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from how much? Unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. So leave it. Drop it. It's done. It's over. No more unrighteousness. As a matter of fact, Psalm 103 says, as far as the east is from the west, so has he separated his sins from you. East and west, they never meet. As a matter of fact, the next verse says, and just like a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Think about that. Parents, I mean, we can identify with that, right? Do you know your kids make mistakes? Oh, yes, all kinds. <laughs> but when my kid comes to me and he says, Dad, I want to be, be a great baseball player, I don't go, come on, you stink, man. I watched you last season. I don't know, you had more errors than anybody on the team. You dropped three fly balls. Kid, forget it. You're never going to make anything of yourself. Is that what I say to my kids when they want to aspire to do great things? No. Why? Because the father has compassion on his children. 
And so we say, hey, son, yeah, mistakes in your path, fine. Let's get past that. Can we look ahead? Let's forget those dropped fly balls, and let's move on to do something significant here next season. So God's saying to you. He wants to forget your past. He has forgotten your past. Can you forget your past? Forgetting what lies behind. Pressing on to what lies ahead. Last verse. He elaborates now on the goal. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. My goal is to know Christ and to do whatever he's called me to do on this planet. That's the goal. And to do it well and to do my work heartily is under the Lord, knowing that from the Lord I'll receive my reward. Those are powerful passages. And so I say, okay, God, I want to do that. I want to focus on that because that is really where eternity going to pay off. I mean, it can feel like it's all play money right now. Go serve Christ. Go know Christ. What does that do for your bills at the end of the month? Doesn't seem to do much for those, right? But you know what? It's going to do a lot for eternity because what you have there in that place will be determined by how you know Christ and how you serve him here on this planet. That's what's going to matter. Stay focused on the finish line. Let's pray. God, help us. People here in a world that constantly throws out the pitch and tries to tantalize us with all kinds of things that make us think that real life is lived here and now. God, help us to recognize that the choices that we'll make this year because we want to know you and we want to serve you, it, it, it may feel like a real contradiction because we'll be saying no to some things here that, that may make this existence more comfortable or convenient. But in reality, God, what we've got to stay focused on is the finish line because you've called us upward, heavenward, You've called us to, to pass the goal line. And like the Apostle Paul, to be able to say at the end of our lives, whether it's five months, five years, or 50 years from now, that we've finished the course, we've kept the faith, we've fought the good fight, we did it. God, I just pray that, that at the end of our lives, we'd say the same thing with the same kind of hearty contentment that, yes, we did it, we stayed focused on the prize. And then, God, we look forward to it. Hearing you say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. You served me right where I put you, right where I wanted you. And then, God, the next line is great. You say you've been faithful with a few things down there. You know what? Hey, here, I'm going to entrust you with many things. Enter into the happiness of your master. God, please, give us a real taste of that. Give us a sense of that. And let us invest this next year well and do the best we can to know you better and to serve you faithfully. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Our God is faithful and he'll bring it to pass. You're listening to Pastor Mike Fabares, and this is Focal Point. Now, to hear today's broadcast again, go to focalpointradio.org. We all need a deeper encounter with the Word of God, and today Pastor Mike challenged us to commit to that while serving others. Let 2022 be the year you commit to meet with us each day to stay focused and energized in the race of faith. If you can't always catch the program on the radio, you can download the free Focal Point mobile app to listen anytime, anywhere. And if you're ready to go even deeper with your study, did you know you can download lectures from Focal Point University? These are seminary-level lessons designed to bolster your knowledge on a number of important topics. Start your education today by going to focalpointradio.org and searching for Focal Point University. And all of these resources are made available because friends like you support this ministry. If you're learning and growing through these messages and resources, will you link arms with us today? When you give to help expand the reach of Focal Point, we'll say thanks by sending you a practical book titled Unpacking Forgiveness by Chris Bronze. 
No matter the relationship, we all go through seasons where we need to practice wholehearted forgiveness. This book examines God's Word to form a theology of forgiveness, helping readers move beyond the wounds of bitterness, disagreements, and broken relationships. Whether it's a family member, co-worker, or fellow believer, this helpful book teaches us how to forgive even when it's difficult. Request your copy of Unpacking Forgiveness when you donate today by calling 888-320-5885. That's 888-320-5885. Or give online at focalpointradio.org. If you prefer to mail your gift, our address is Focal Point, Post Office Box 2850, Laguna Hills, California, 92654. Thank you for partnering with us, amplifying the teaching of God's Word across the radio and web. Well, I'm your host, Dave Drewy, so glad to have you with us, and be sure to come back again next time as we continue exploring the depths of Scripture right here on Focal Point. This program was produced and sponsored by Focal Point Ministries.